morning. Welcome to Jesus and Coffee with Pastor Tom, where we have a little bit of coffee and a whole lot of Jesus. This morning, we are going to finish Proverbs 11. I know we've been in here a while, but I wanted to do less amount of verses um, each time just so we could focus a little bit better. So let's say a prayer and get started. Father, thank you for this morning. Be glorified as we study your word. Um, open our eyes to something new, God, that we haven't noticed before. And and if it's stuff we do know, God, just put joy in our heart for the knowledge of it and the grace that you give us through um, having your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, so um, we get to the note. So this is wrong right here, just so you know. Um, this is supposed to be, yeah, I use the same paper or the same saved file, and I just copy and paste and add the verses on each day, and so I'd sometimes forget to do something. So this is not this. This is actually um, 26 through 31. So let's put that there. All right, so again, Proverbs 10 and Proverbs 11 um, are very much so about um, little statements. Uh, I guess, we, as I've been calling them, fortune cookie statements. Um, each verse is kind of a practical, wise saying, and all of them, all of them are based off of Proverbs 1-7. Proverbs 1-7 is the foundation. Remember, it's the foundation for all of Proverbs. Everything points back to that. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. It's the reason why he says it early on in Proverbs. Everything's going to be based off of that. But there's another thing there that connects with that, that is Old Testament and New Testament. Because Jesus said, when he was asked what the greatest commandment was, he said to love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And to love others is, this, is the second one. So there's two there that he gives us. First is to put God first and love him and cherish him and value him. That is essentially Proverbs 1-7, just being said in a different way. The fear of the Lord means you value God, you put him first in your life. The second is to love other people or put other people before yourself. And so those two commandments sum up all of the Ten Commandments. Those two commandments sum up all of the 660-some-odd commandments of the Old Testament. So everything goes back to that foundation. And Proverbs, Solomon is a very wise king, a very wise man of God. And he understands that. So all of his Proverbs point us back to the greatest commandment. And we see it really, really well this morning. Really the two greatest commandments. And we're going to talk about that. So let's go ahead and read verse 26. The people curse him who holds back grain. But a blessing is on the head of him who sells it. Okay? Now, hmm, which of the two greatest commandments do we see this connecting to? Well, we see it connecting to loving others, right? So people curse those who hold back grain. So if someone is is someone is, is a person who maybe keeps up with the distribution of food and there's a shortage of food even, or there's, you know, not a shortage of food, there's plenty of food, but people are going hungry, then the person who's in charge, if he cared about the people, he would distribute accordingly to make sure everybody got an even, equal amount so that everybody had food and could eat and would not starve. Well, a person who would withhold it would be a very selfish person. He would not be caring about the other people. So this one right here directly is talking about putting others before yourself. If he was a man who loved others, he would not hold back grain 
he would sell it. He would allow people to get it to be able to feed their families. So here we go. Right here, we got the second greatest commandment. Verse 27, whoever diligently seeks good seeks favor, but evil comes to him who searches for it. And this is just a practical saying. If you seek to do good things, or we can say righteous. Let's say righteous because right down here we see the word righteous. And we see righteous again here. Okay, So if you're doing good, you're someone who is seeking righteous according to the Bible. You diligently seek good, seeks favor, but, who, but evil comes from him who searches for it. So listen, if you're seeking to honor God and have a relationship with him, you're going to find favor not just in the eyes of God, but also in the eyes of other people. Because someone who's seeking righteousness, they're seeking a right relationship with God, which means first, greatest commandment, they're loving God with all their heart. Second, is going to follow in suit with that. It's going to go right behind it. They're going to show love and compassion to other people like God loves other people. And when they do that, other people are going to favor them. They're going to see them as a good person, a righteous person, and they're going to have respect for them. Okay, But the one who seeks evil, they're not going to get those things. Verse 28. Whoever trusts in his riches will fall, but the righteous will flourish like a green leaf. Again, don't lay up your treasures in heaven. I've said that probably three or four days, three or four of these devotions in a row. Don't lay up your treasure in heaven. I mean, I'm saying that wrong. Lay up your treasure in heaven. Don't lay up your treasure on earth. Goodness gracious. I had that completely backwards. If you lay up your treasure on earth, moth and rust and thieves can break in and steal. You lay up your treasure in heaven, nothing can touch it. So what is the treasure in heaven? Well, according to this verse, the treasure in heaven would be righteousness. Okay? What is righteousness according to the Bible? Well, plain and simple, righteous is doing what is right. Okay, well, that's great. That sounds good. But what is the right thing to do then, according to the Bible? The right thing to do is to seek to have a right relationship with your Creator. That is what righteousness is always referring to in Scripture. It's not referring to just doing good things. It's more than that. Because just doing good things is not what leads to salvation. Lots of people do good things and they die and spend an eternity in hell, okay? Righteousness at its core is knowing God, is loving God, is cherishing God, is valuing God above all other things. It's fearing the Lord, putting him first, okay? That is righteousness. Those who are righteous and have a right relationship with God, they're going to flourish, okay? But the one who doesn't have righteousness, the one who doesn't seek a relationship with God, but trust, okay? Notice here this word trust. Their trust is in riches and material things, okay? So a righteous person, where is their trust? Their trust is in God. They have a right relationship with him. They love him. They value his opinion above all other opinions offered in this universe. His comes first. They value it. They trust him. They're going to flourish, the one who worships money and material things and puts all their faith and trust in material things, they're going to fall. They're going to fall. 
Verse 29, whoever troubles his own household will inherit the wind, and the fool will be servant to the wise of heart. What does this mean? Okay, who are your neighbors? Who are your first neighbors? Your family. Your family are your first neighbors, okay? So you're thinking, well, wait a minute, they're not neighbors. Neighbors are people who live beside you or whatever. No, um, in the Bible, it says love your neighbors, okay? That term neighbor embodies relationship with all other people in your life. The first relationships you have and the most important and should be the most intimate are the ones with your family. They are your first neighbor and then it spreads out to other people from there. So whoever troubles his own household, okay, or his his first neighbors will inherit the wind, okay? This here, verse 29, is all about the second greatest commandment, loving others, okay? Just as 28 was about the first greatest commandment, this one is about the second greatest commandment. So if you bring trouble to your neighbors, your, your family, your household, you will inherit the wind. What that means is if you bring so much trouble that it causes anguish and pain, either it's going to re physically remove them from your life or they are going to remove themselves from your life and you're not going to inherit anything but the wind. In other words, emptiness. You're going to be left without family, without neighbors, if you treat them wrongly and bring pain and suffering to them, okay? You will be left alone. The fool will be servant to the wise of heart. And so often that is true in life, right? Um, the one who, who, they may be in leadership for a while, but oftentimes their own folly brings ruin to them. The one who is righteous and does right, who is wise of heart, will often be lifted up, typically. Now, I know you can argue very easily that in society, time and time again, we praise and honor sin and we lift those up who are sinful and living a sinful life. And that's one of the sad things that does happen in a sinful world. But generally speaking, typically, people want to lift up those who love others and put others before themselves. We don't build statues out of selfish people, okay? Typically, we don't. Typically, we don't. I didn't say the statues that are built from uh, about people are not people who have done selfish things. That's not what I'm saying. No one is perfect. The Bible says all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But the reason statues are built are because people, res other people respect those people and certain character traits they displayed in their life. And typically, they're building them because the character traits were sacrificial on the person's part. Okay, generally speaking, all right? <laughs> Verse 30, the fruit of the righteous is a tree of life, and whoever captures souls is wise. I love this verse. This is like a verse for um, um, sharing your faith. This is one to encourage mission work right here in the Old Testament. The fruit of the righteous is a tree of life. So righteous people, okay, remember, that is people who love God and put him first and seek a relationship with him. They, they're trying their best to follow the greatest commandment. Well, when a person does that, they're like a tree. They're like a fruit tree, okay? And because their roots are deep into a, a nutritional soil of a relationship with God, and they have a strong water source, which is a relationship with God, they're going to grow very, very good, plump, juicy, delicious fruit from them, okay? That we're Speaking spiritually here, you're not growing oranges out your ears or anything. We're, we're going to grow fruit, okay? And that fruit is ripe for picking for the people around us in our life. So when you love God with all your heart and you have that relationship with him, you produce fruit. 
And then that fruit automatically is given and distributed to people around you, which leads you to follow the second greatest commandment, which is loving others. Okay, so the fruit of the righteous is a tree of life. You see that picture, that analogy there, and it stems from the two greatest commandments. Whoever captures souls is wise. Now, that righteous person who is a tree of life because they are rooted in a relationship with God, that's what righteous means here, they're producing this fruit naturally. They don't really have to work at it. It just happens. It just happens. The fruit of the Spirit growing from them. It's linked directly to um, influencing other people for the sake of them becoming righteous and having a relationship with God. Okay? So they're going to be people that capture souls. They're going to be people that capture souls. They're going to be people who bring souls to know God, help know God, they become righteous themselves, and they become a tree of life, okay? So this fruit has seeds in it, right? Fruit, most fruit has seeds in it, and when those seeds are spread, other trees grow. So as the fruit is distributed to other souls, okay, they eat that fruit, the seed is planted, then they learn to have a righteous relationship with God, and they're rooted in all the good things of God that help them grow, and then they produce fruit. And then this whole effect is magnified and multiplied time and time again. And it's, it's just the, the age-old biblical truth of loving God with all your heart. You naturally love others. You're producing fruit. You're, other people are growing to know God, and you influence and spread out, and it's the whole process of mission work in your community and around the world. And that's how it works. And Solomon is a genius that he is seeing this in the Old Testament before Jesus even comes and he's like making all this connection here between the two greatest commandments and salvation and and spiritual maturity. It's like, it's just, that that's a really good verse. There's a lot, wow, there's a lot packed in that verse. I just keep thinking of all these other verses connecting with that one. Okay, verse 31, I'm going too long this morning. If the righteous is repaid on earth, how much more the wicked and the sinner? Now, we all know that sinners and evil people seem like oftentimes they are, are um, being repaid on earth. They are being blessed for their wickedness. And that happens in a sinful world. But we got to remember that one day they face judgment. Okay, and this time on earth is very short. And the Bible makes that very clear. That the things we do here, although important, they are not eternal. They are not in, in eternity. What's eternal that we do here are the, the way we treat other people and the relationship we have with God. That's what is eternal. That's the treasure in heaven. So we may see sinners blessed and getting lots of material things, obviously, because that's what they worship and that's what they chase. Yeah, that makes sense. But in the end, God's going to look at them and say, depart from me, I never knew you. And they're going to lose everything while you gain eternal life. Okay. So keep that in mind. Now, oftentimes, generally speaking, people who do right things and love other people, they are repaid on earth, right? They are repaid on earth. If you go down a path where you're chasing something else that only, only causes pain and suffering, you become an alcoholic, a drug addict, you know, chasing money, although it may seem like it blesses you for a time, but it only leaves you feeling empty, you know, things like that, they do bring... Um, dismay and they destroy lives. Whereas people who seek to be righteous and they don't worship other things, they stay away from stuff like, you know, alcoholism and, and, and drugs and stuff like that. Typically Christians do. 
then life is better. You are repaid for, for being disciplined and putting God first in your life. That's just a general rule of thumb. All right, so I'm going to stop there. I went way longer than I wanted to, but there's just a lot packed in this section this morning. So I hope maybe if you stuck with me that you learned something and I highlighted something to, to help deepen your understanding of Solomon's thinking through Proverbs as he's writing this. Anyway, remember, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, okay? That's a foundation for all of Proverbs too. Have a wonderful and blessed weekend, wonderful Father's Day. I'll see you again Monday morning. Bye.